leadership is one of the most prevalent skills that is needed in the world, but it's like one of the most underserved skills. Yep. All right, so we got Evan Chimileski. Or how was the other second way to say it? Chimileski. In the studio, he owns a local jujitsu gym we're going to get into. He also has a podcast. Um, he's, I mean, he's got cauliflower ears, so I guess he's probably a black belt in jujitsu. We'll find that out too. <laughs> but before, before we get in, we already had like a mini episode before we started the show. It was like, we should start probably start a Patreon for stuff like that because that always ends up happening. Yeah. It's like podcast, what can't be said on the show. It's not a bad idea. Coronavirus, politics. <laughs> Um, but before we get into it, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram, follow Evan on YouTube. He's also probably got his links for like his podcast and everything on his Instagram, his Instagrams, uh, the fight for tomorrow, um, spaces in between each word. So the fight for tomorrow, it's not that hard. Um, super pumped to have him in the studio today just cause, um, you know, we probably have a lot in common, and I'm excited to get into it. He seems like he's a real talker. Yeah, I can I can talk for a while. <laughs> and he came in with shirts, so anybody that brings us gifts, we're super, super excited yeah, for. Yeah, well, so. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show, and uh, I appreciate you guys having me on here. So Definitely. Um, so we have a couple mutual friends in common, yep. and that's how we kind of got linked up, is Silas was on our show like a while ago. Yeah, Silas. What's up, Silas? <laughs> yeah. Silas. Why, aren't, why aren't you training, bro? Yeah, come to the gym, bro. What's up with you, man? <laughs> we got to hold you accountable. It sounds That's like right. I got to get in there, so maybe I can trick him into coming. Yeah, come check it out sometime. I definitely am, have been planning to. My wrist is starting to feel pretty good, so I'm probably going to get back on the mats um, relatively soon. Yeah, it's not. It took me, well, my the GPS said 11 minutes, and it ended up taking me like 16 minutes, but. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's Friday, it's not, and yeah. it's graduate. Like, I think all the high schools in this area are literally graduating yep. today, so you might have hit some traffic. Apparently, f- there's a thing in Doylestown called First Friday where, like... Oh, I didn't I even think about that. I don't even know what... I don't even know what it is, but somebody told me about it today. It's just a, I think it's a, mar- a lot of towns have first Friday. It's just a way to get like everybody out to the town. Like, I think restaurants have like discounts. I gotcha. Yeah, it's like just like a community. Yeah, it's like it's like business. A, yeah, I think they put the tables or, out in the street and they block the streets off, and you can uh, go walk around a little gotcha. bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- that's right. They do. It's like a different er- area. They do every Friday. Yeah. So during the summertime or whatever. Before it was just first Friday, and then once like the the big Rona came through, they yeah. all those restaurants that didn't have outdoor seating. They would shut going. the street off for them so that people would come and come out. So, yeah. And then they're like, oh, we're just going to keep doing it. It's actually kind of cool. It gives it like a little European vibe. Yeah, that was what I that was what I thought about with all the outdoor dining. It reminded me of like Italy. Yeah. It's like there's just – and restaurants were doing that, like especially down in Philly. It's like the tables are just in the street now. Yeah, it you was, know what I mean? It it's was like, always wild though eating. I lived in the city for like 10 years. And it was always wild to me. People would be like, oh, we're going to go out to eat and we're going to eat outside. And I'm like, eat outside? You mean in the parallel parking spots? It's like right. one, we're like one <laughs> fucking drunk away from like an, a drunk Uber guy, like Come ramming right us all to it. death, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Philly's a mess right now, too. Yeah, it's not, um, I'm, I enjoyed it while I was there. I had a great time. 
Uh, but now, like, the people I know that still live down there, like, the stories and stuff I hear, I'm like, thank God we moved. Yeah, Philly peaked in 2019 for sure. Oh, yeah. It's been a precipitous downfall in the last couple of years. Precipitous. And I, yeah, I, I, live in, I live in Roxborough. We're working on getting, moving out come, of there. coming up more this way now that the business is here. My wife works from home, so okay. we can go wherever. But Are you doing – you've got the gym full – that's your full-time gig. That's all I do. Well, when did you guys open? Uh, very, very beginning of it was like the last day of February. It was like, or maybe it was the la- it was the last week of February. So basically this year. March, yeah. Oh damn. Yeah, we're brand new. Yeah, was it? This is your first like gym in general, or? Yeah, I was. Um, I ran a Red Robin for a lot. Uh, I don't know, a lot of years. Oh damn. Uh, the oh, Red yeah. Robin by the Chamonix Mall in Ben Salem. Oh, that was your yeah, jam by like the Turnpike. I was the GM of that restaurant. for oh, geez. Six years. Hell yeah. So. So your restaurant veteran yeah so covid definitely helped facilitate me out of that industry in a hurry because everything was changing every single day you know Mm. and it's like uh, if everything's changing okay that's fine but when you have 90 people and it's like okay you're all fired okay but now it's busier than we thought so we need 30 percent of you to come back but now we're slow again, so now you're fired again. And we're inside, we're outside, wear this, don't wear this. And it was just changing, like, literally every single day. 50%, 75%, 25%. And every time that happened, I had to rearrange the entire restaurant, measuring tables, and it, it was just not what I was trying to do for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. So I always knew I didn't want to work in a corporate environment forever anyway. Mm. That just was the thing that was like... It broke the camel's back, Now's a good time to just, like, forget being comfortable because you're not comfortable anyway. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like things... I was making good money, but it also shows how expendable you are. Yeah. Day one of the shutdown, the corporate people called us and they were like, you're all making $12 an hour. I'm like, no way. Whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> They're like, yeah, or, or we have to lay you off. And I'm like, okay, well, what happens if we just decide to be laid off? You make more than $12 an hour. Yeah, we and then, and so then that was the problem. When we were trying to get people to come back, they're like, uh, uh, well, I'm a line cook and I'm making $45,000 a year on unemployment. Yeah. Why would you I'm come back? I'm a dishwasher. That's 21 years old yeah. or 19 years old, and I'm making $45,000 a year to sit at home and play, and play video games. So it's like, you know, the, one, the, the biggest positive about it was when we were doing takeout only, the only people that were working were all the people that you wanted working because mm-hmm. nobody else wanted to work. Only the people with the really good work ethics came back because they couldn't work because they couldn't sit at home that was that was my biggest problem when the shutdown happened we as a company we really didn't shut down for that long we kind of just were like well what's everybody supposed to do right you know i can coast for a little while but what about everybody else yes so we kind of were just like if you want to come back it's it's back on like and everybody was just like yeah sure yeah that was so crazy too right because nobody knew what the hell they were doing Nobody, nobody, like everybody was just trying to figure it out. And every time. everybody was just trying to make me relax. They were like, "Oh, you know, just take some time with the family." And I was like, "Dude, like you don't understand. Like my personality, like it doesn't like right. sitting still inside is not a thing for me. It's yep. just like that's like the quickest way down a slippery slope." Yep. So 
I mean, I was still working out. I was riding my bike in the park like twice a day. I started running trails. Yeah. I started running trails. You would ride your bike past people with their masks on, and they would look at you without your mask on like you were, like, someone going to how going to kill them. I was like, dude, I just ran past – I just rode my bike 20 miles an hour past you. Like, you're fine. If you're that worried about it, stay out of the – stay out of my park. Right. Yeah. It's it's fascinating to me how fast, like, entire groups of people can just be completely, like, segmented and – pitted against each other like it happens like that it's like yeah. a certain personality type is like okay do, and, and i have people in in my family and my wife's family on both uh, just like probably every single person has someone in their family that's on the opposite side of whatever their belief system is there right oh uh, yeah and it's like my 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 i only have like one side of a family and that things weren't that great they were stable on that side anyway before right, the right. fire. So this it kind of just added a whole bunch of more arguments to a situation yeah. that just didn't need to be there in the first place. Yep. And it's not like you can be like, for instance, you can be like for Donald Trump, pro-vaccine, against social distancing. Like there, there literally isn't like there's right. not – there's like the the two sides of it, but there's always like – there's combinations of each argument. People lost their ability to see nuance at any level. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's this or that. And, and I, w- I was just having this discussion earlier today um, at the gym. And I, it's so funny because when, when uh, Trump was still in office, yeah. every Democratic politician literally was saying, do not take the vaccine. Stay away from that trash. You're going to be an experiment. Don't trust the CDC. Whatever. And then as soon as they got in, they flipped it around. And I was just saying to um, my coach, Jeff, like, I, I would be willing to bet money that if Trump was still in office pushing the vaccine, everyone who was pro-vaccine would be completely anti-vaccine just because they hate Donald Trump so much. Oh, he is that he, he is, is that polarizing. The people that hate him would do literally anything against him. And I, and I have it- one of the best stories for for that. We um I have a neighbor. I call her the bridge troll cuz I got to like when I go take Rambo <laughs> for a walk, like I got to walk past her house and she's always like she like Rambo doesn't necessarily need a leash. I understand there's leash laws and things like that, but he's a service dog he's so trained that like he's not he's not going anywhere he doesn't even chase animals like he's got it he's dialed in and uh i was walking past her house and she's just like leash like the like you cannot pass and uh but going back to the election i came home to make it to night training and i'm like it's like four o'clock four thirty and her and her husband like are out front of their house by like this drainage grate, right? And she's got like a stick lighter, lighting something. And I'm like walking, walking up, and I'm like, hey, "What's up?" And she's burning a voodoo doll of Donald Trump. And I literally looked at them, and she's like, "He's done." We we're, we're like we're burning him. We're blah blah blah. And I literally looked at him. I was like, "Oh, well." I was like, "We've." This is what we're doing today. And then they tell you to trust, and then she says, trust the signs. Yeah, no, she literally, I'm shit you not, she has a sign on her lawn right now that's like, 
um, love is love, yeah. something, something, science is real, all this shit. And I'm literally that like, you you're burning a voodoo, a voodoo doll. doll of a president <laughs> on your front fucking lawn. And I literally looked at her and I looked at her husband. And I was like, I, f- I feel like uh, you got, you. the business is slow today. You got things are, you know, this is what we're doing yeah, with today. This is, <laughs> this is interesting. And, uh, and then, you know, a little while after that, uh, that January after he lost, I got Rambo and I was like walking him and like little puppy Rambo. And she was just like female dog urine burns my grass. And I was like, well, it's, you know, he's a male. It's fine. She's like, what's his name? And I was like, it's Donald. Hmm. <laughs> just to see what she would do. <laughs> she didn't bite. I was just being an asshole. Yeah. But like, oh, that's sorry. what people like. I, I was kind of like, you look like, yeah, I, I can understand why people don't like Donald Trump. Like that's, if, yeah, if he's not the world's most likable guy. Yeah, he's super sure. polarizing. He's a bit of a narcissist and it, it's just like I, but but like on the other side like the fact that I saw someone burning a voodoo doll of him I was know. hilarious to me <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's how committed you are to hating him that you've been like sticking this doll in your kitchen, but, and, but you expect me to listen and, and appreciate your values and your your beliefs like the I was like, dude, there's no hope. Yeah, well, the interesting thing about something like that, too, is, like, if you if you really don't like someone that much, why are you why do you end up spending so much time fixating on this person? You know, it's like, yeah, back to what I was trying to say. I we I got off on a little tangent there. But when 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 it all happened, you saw the two different types of people like like there are people that will they just want to be told what to do. Like, they just want somebody to tell them, hey, what do I do so that I have a good life, I'm a good person? Like, they just want someone to tell them what to do. Mm. And then there's other people, like, all I want is for you to not, like, that's how I am. Like It's a church, it's like a church, though. It's a religion. Like, politics or, like, being a Democrat or being a Republican, it's like your religion. And people don't see it that way because back, you know, back when Catholicism was a huge deal, like, you could actually, like, pay for penance. Like, you could literally just pay. Right. To have the priest give you like yeah. a card to get into heaven, be like you're in. Here you go, yeah. and that's like what we have now is like as long as you're appeasing and like you know catering to your religion, which is like yep. your party or whatever you you know value. It's just like being liberal is now a religion or conservative is now a religion, and I'm yeah. just like, how is nobody else recognizing this? Yeah, and it's really funny to me how what those things are. Mm. have completely flip-flopped in like the last uh, 20 years maybe yeah. like if you if you've ever heard rise against or rage against the machine or any of these bands those were incredibly liberal bands yeah fuck the establishment the government is corrupt we need you know we need freedom we need rights we need all these things and now 20 years later they're like do what the government says or be fired. You're not allowed to see your kids if you're not vaccinated. And it's like, how did this whole, th- and, and now that all the conservative people are like, oh, we just like, we want freedom. We don't trust the government. It's funny how it's like. That's a if, wild point. If you mm-hmm. look at it over like a 30 year time period, it's completely flipped. Yeah. But it happens one thing at a time. There's this Greek, um, it's I, I don't remember what it's called, but basically what it is is it's a thought uh, experiment where if you have a boat, right? A boat is made up of single boards. If you take one board off and replace it, it's the same boat. 
But at what point is that no longer the same boat? boat? It's now a different boat. You have changed every single board over in this boat. That's not the boat that it used to be. But everybody's like, well, yeah, it is. It also feels like double down on the boat thing. It kind of feels like like America, if you look at it as like a ship, it's kind of like like some of the people are like, yeah, we're in the same boat. But they're like, when you're not looking, they're like drilling holes in it. Yep. They're like trying to sink the ship. And I'm like, nobody wins if the ship sinks. <laughs> like yeah, you, you guys really like we all I like I've said this before on the podcast, so if I sound repetitive, it is what it is, but we all like want the same things. Yep. We all want prosperity for ourselves. Well, like, for the most part, there's the extremists that want to see everything just burn and they just need help. But yeah. like like you started your own business, like you want to succeed. You want, you know, to your family to be healthy. You want everybody to right. thrive. Like you want, we all want the same things, but everybody disagrees on how we get there. Yep. hundred percent. And it's like, you know, if, if there's no type of regulation or structure whatsoever, that's clearly not good. But where do you draw the line? Yeah. Because I, I don't remember many times where they've loosened things up to give us more freedom. And it's yeah. it's very small, you know? It's like another analogy. Like, if if I had a handful of small rocks, and I just throw them over there, and the next day I throw another pile of rocks, and I just keep bringing small rocks and throwing them on top, when does that go from being a pile of rocks to a hill? When does it go from being a hill to a mountain? Yeah. You take one rock off of a mountain at a time, eventually the mountain's gone. But there's no point where you can look at it and say, that's not mountain anymore and i feel like that's what's happening to uh the ideals of what america is us and people politically and people just feel so it's so tribal it's like you people feel the urge like uh, you have to be this or this and you can't be um like the biggest hypocrisy that i've seen on both sides of the spectrum is when they were pushing the vaccine mandates and all the conservatives started saying, my body, my choice. But then you start talking about abortion, and it's not my body, my choice. But then the, all the pro-abortion people, and I'm not saying what I'm, if I'm for or against. I'm just saying, like, both sides are saying my body, my choice, but only if it's the way that I want it to be. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's like, you can't have that. If you want people to have complete, full-body autonomy then you got to be willing to let people do the some good stuff the bad, that you, you don't like too. Yeah. 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 I, um, I said before, I forget wh- how, where, I don't know how we came up with this or like where we got this from, but like we're politically homeless. Like, because like, that's how I, I feel too. Um, there is no benefit to me to being seen or heard as like a conservative or a liberal. There's absolutely no president that has run that I know of that, like, I can totally agree with where they come from or what they stand on. Like, this notion that it's, like, you have to be this or that. And I'm, like, I'm going to be neither. I'm just going to be – I'm going to be me and, you know, understand that I disagree or agree on one thing or another. Like, there's no no full solution here, and it's just – kind of like people's willingness to tribe up and and be a part of the group that like I'm like well like and then you 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 draw a point to being like well 
I thought you believed in this. And they're like, uh, and they don't want to talk to you about yeah, it. But it's like, no, your group, your group, whatever the conversation is, is conflicting with your values, but you're okay with it. And like, you're protecting your group because like, now your group is more important than what you actually believe in. Right. It, it that's becomes an, it, Yeah, it becomes an identity. And that's yeah. when it's, that's when it's, um, that's when it becomes, like you said, that it, that's very dangerous because when something like that is attached to your identity, people that don't agree with you become a threat to who you are as a person and you no longer see it as this thing that's separate. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you're attacking me as a person. It's like, well, no. And I, I also don't understand, like, why you have to like who the president is. I, I, I don't really get that mindset either because ultimately, if you were starving to death, what are your two least favorite foods? The two foods that you hate the absolute most. That's a hard one. Yeah, it's a hard one, dude. Um, I haven't eaten something I've Asparagus, don't like. dude. Fuck that what? shit. What? You don't like asparagus? I'm, I'm for I'm for the sake of the situation okay, here. All Shut right. up, all right, Gilmar. Fine. All right, so all right, so <laughs> let, let's say we'll say asparagus and um Brussels sprouts. Both lies, but I love them both. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> imagine I'm a four year old. So, I hate asparagus and Brussels sprouts. Okay. So let's say let's say you hate fish. And what's another meal staple? You hate fish and you hate and there's another protein. Everybody loves steak, so let's say fish and uh, we're overthinking this now. Fish and steak, okay? <laughs> yeah. You hate fish and you hate steak. Okay. You only like chicken, all right? You're starving for three weeks. You haven't had anything to eat. I come in and I say, you want steak or chicken? You say, or you want steak or fish? You say, I hate them both. I don't want anything. Let me die here. That's what's happening right now. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to, like, you got to make, you got to make a choice. And I feel like if you want to get down to, like, politics, it it shouldn't even be about who the person is. Because, honestly, the president can't really do that much. Well, we're seeing that now. It's like, if the president's really that important, then what is going on right now? Right. Because Joe Biden, a lot of times, and this isn't like, like, he, like, he's just Joe Biden to me. Like, it's very evident, like, that dude's not all there. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I said in the beginning of the last election, I was like, we should pick our presidents the way we pick our UFC fighters. Yep. You it, pick the dude who's going to win the fight. Not necessarily the election, but, like, who is the guy you want to take you into the fight? Right. Like, you don't want to pick, you don't want to pick, like, the weak guy or the guy that's, like, you like you want to pick, like, this the person or the best leader. Like, you're, do you yes. always like your boss? Yeah. Like if you exactly. like if you like your boss, like Gilmar probably likes his boss. Like that's I do. that's <laughs> that's a rare thing. Yeah. That's like yeah. you you want someone that's like strong going to do the best for the company so that your company thrives. Like you don't want to pick the guy who's like, you know, your best friend doesn't, you know, and ultimately the company falls apart because you guys spend more time like hanging out and dicking around than actually right. getting business and done. Like, it's not... What's the, what's the saying? A rising... Oh, we're back on the boats again. A rising tide rises all, raises all ships, right? Or it's like or a rising tide ships, lifts right? all ships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if things are getting better where you're at, then things would theoretically get better for you as well. But when, when it comes to, like, you know, I would say that the president would be considered a leadership position, but I have not seen leadership from a president... I don't even remember. I could not tell you the last time I've heard a politician apologize for anything. 
Well, do you, do Literally, you, they just don't. You they, obviously know Jocko then. Oh, I love Jocko. Yeah, so like his extreme ownership, like I think that that, sh- that book should be, you know, a high school mandatory book to okay. read because the whole principle is like the sooner you, and like for those of you who don't know Jocko, he was like the commander of a SEAL team and army battalion yep. in the Battle of Ramadi. He's like one of the foremost experts or you know people in leadership he owns echelon he owns front. echelon front a consulting firm for leaders he owns part of origin which is like a company that literally like they manufacture their own cotton in america for their own products yep. they he he's just like all about leadership and like the book opens up where his his one of his teams is operating across the street from another team and they get in a firefight with each other and like three Iraqis die and you know, a seals wounded or something like that. And he has to like, he's like, he goes through, he's like, well, what do I do about this? Like, how do I like, what's the next step? Like he was expecting to get fired, all this stuff. So his boss calls in from like the Pentagon or whatever. And immediately it's just like, it's my fault. Like blah, blah, blah. This is what we're doing to fix it. Did it. And his boss is just like, Oh, okay, move on. Yep. And it was just like his his ability to just acknowledge where he made a mistake, demonstrate the right move he would make after that mistake and like how he would correct the situation and move on was better for everyone as opposed to just making an excuse and blaming somebody else and doing all this and then causing this huge finger pointing event right. that solves nothing, you know. Yep. And it's and it's so hard to do, right? Like taking ownership when you like royally like when you really screw something up that's really hard to do there are so many different obstacles that get in the way of you taking ownership like within you your ego does not want to take ownership of anything ever yeah i think once you get into that habit though of doing it it then becomes second nature yes because now when there's problems like I mean, I'm ultimately responsible for a lot of what happens at our company. Yep. And when mistakes happen, it's like I immediately like I'm like that guy messed up or my employee messed up or somebody else messed up. But like, what did I do to lead him to the place where he's making those poor decisions? Like, did I make a decision where like he didn't have the right information? Did right. I not advise it? Should I have been there when this was happening? Like all those things. And yep. then like you go and you're just like, look, like you basically assess how much responsibility you had in the mistake. Was it 30%? Yep. Was it 50%? And when you start digging into like the situation, you're like, holy shit, I'm 50% responsible for something I wasn't even a part of because I didn't do what I could have done right. to prevent it. And then it, it helps the company move on because ultimately, you know, you're there to lead the company or lead whatever you're doing, but you're also kind of like the scapegoat. Yes. Like you, if you take responsibility for it, then your your team moves back to what they should be doing right. rather than blaming each other or blaming that person. They're like, okay, you know, it, it was his fault. The leader, the high, the most, you know, pinnacle point is taking responsibility for this so that we can move on and it allows everybody to effectively move. Yep. Like leadership is one of the most prevalent skills that is needed in the world. But it's like one of the most underserved skills currently. Yep, I agree. And I think it's because like what you said, like when you do it, it becomes automatic after a certain amount of time. But getting to the point where you're constant, like 
I, I'm always like looking at like what I could have did better, you know? Yeah. Um, I had a guy who was, he wanted to do a trial. He had some bad experiences at some other gym or something. And he only wanted to do privates. And I'm like, you don't have to roll live. Just come on in and just take the class. We're just, we drill and then we roll live at the end. You jump in when you're ready. And he like really only wanted to do privates. He's like, you know, I'll pay for the privates. And so like a month, he said he was going to come in and meet me. Like a month goes by. I don't hear from him. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, he, he just popped into my mind like, huh, whatever happened to him? So I went back and I emailed him and I said, hey, you know, like I, I want to let you know, like I'm really sorry. When you told me that you weren't interested in the classes in the beginning, I probably should have said, well, why don't we do a trial? I'll give you two free privates instead. And you can see if you like the instruction and you can see what's going on. You know, I could have did a better job meeting you halfway out. I apologize for well, that. Well, jujitsu is like if you if you don't thrive being uncomfortable, like that's not or like you don't seek that out. Like jujitsu is a sport where like you're gonna be uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable sure. situation until you're like you're either I like I say to people all the time, it's like not a sport where you like can kind of be into it. It's like a sport where, like, you can get into it and slowly gain an appreciation. Right. But you're not going to be there. Like, there are no casual black belts. Right. There probably are. There's probably ones that, like, just paid their membership. Someplace. Well, there's definitely levels of black belt. You know, like, you have me and you have Hoffa Mendez, who are both black belts. True. Hoffa Mendez would trash me. <laughs> yeah. He's Hoffa Mendez. You know yeah. what I mean? He, yeah. he, he trashes everybody. Um but when you take the when you when you learn and appreciate what you're doing in the gym and then like you like you can take those lessons and apply them to like your life. Well, and that's why that's why I opened the Fight for Tomorrow gym. Um because I started doing mixed martial arts when I was 24. Okay. I had I started training July of 08. My first fight was I'm sorry, I started training June of 08. My first fight was July of 08. With no experience. What? Some guy that was an amateur at our gym at 160, which I, I'm a bantamweight. Yeah. Um, he couldn't make the fight or whatever. I was like, I'll do it. And the guy was like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, why not? He's like, you want to do it? I'm like, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to get my ass kicked? Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> that was the worst thing that happened. That is exactly what did happen. But, um, but so I, as I like went through, I had... I had tons of bad bosses in my corporate career. I started out as a dishwasher at Red Robin and just worked until I was the GM. I went up and down the ladder a couple times there. I had bad coaches, no coaches. I My MMA career was like just either bad decision or uneducated or went way too fast or whatever. And even though I wasn't necessarily doing things correctly, I kept doing them. And I started getting better, slower than I would have if I had good coaching and good training. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but along the way, without even realizing it, I was learning how to be resilient. I was learning how to take ownership. I was learning how to commit to things and be dedicated and make sacrifices and to look at myself and see what I could have done differently. And I didn't even realize that I was learning all these things, but I was. Mm -hmm. And then one day I'm like, holy shit, I'm... I have a high-level job in this company. I'm making a lot of money. Like, where did this come from? Like, how did I become this leader? I didn't have, like, a, this... I didn't have a bad childhood at all, but I also wasn't, like, groomed to be a leader. We didn't grow up with money or anything like that. And I and I, I started trying to connect the dots. I'm like, 
it's it's jujitsu. It's it's fighting. That's what it is. That's what yeah. taught me. And so, what um, do you think? Like the was it like the humbling aspects of it? Was it just humility? Was it your ego? Like what got so transformed? So, uh, I mean, all of it. But what I wanted to do was open a gym where we make those type of lessons a part of the curriculum where we're talking about these things all the time so that people that are just starting out can have a little bit more guidance than I did. And shouldn't that be ultimately, that's like the human goal. That's the mission. For a person who is trying to do it, it's like, the, the saying, the person who plants a tree knowing he will never sit in its shade understands the meaning of life, right? So it's like, okay, so I didn't, I did a lot of things wrong. I didn't have anybody telling me what was right. But now I know what was wrong, and I stayed with it long enough to also know what was right. So now I want to help guide people in that direction. But also, our society needs to, to toughen up. <laughs> yeah. Big time. And I think that you can't approach it as, like, if it's this shy, introverted, weak, fat kid, and they come in, and their first session, you're like, suck it up. They're, they're gone. Yeah. They're gone. You will never impact that kid. And all you'll do is reinforce the reasons why that kid has such an adverse reaction to doing these things that are hard that will fortify his character and make him a better person. So I think that if you're willing, it's it. there's always a better way to do it. Mm. Most of the time, the best way to do it is the hardest way to do it. Yeah. Right? And so there's a lot of times where it's frustrating where you have people that are, they're noncommittal. They say they want one thing, it, it doesn't match up. And it's like, you have to be willing to like really sit down and like, you you got to be committed to them almost before they can even be committed to themselves. They don't know what it is that they're missing. They don't know what it is that they need. And so we've we've had some people come in for training that clearly have never done anything hard in their entire life nothing and my first thing was like oh my god everybody who's signing up here is like like you want to roll your eyes like i want you know you you want people to be strong and in shape but it's like well wait a minute the people that are coming in here asking me to help them in these areas this is why i did this so for me to now be like oh man we got to get these kids tough. No, that's your job, dude. They're coming to you asking for help. That's the universe giving you what you said you wanted. But I feel like a lot of times when we get what we say it is that we're looking for, it it's not it's never the end product so you don't think that you're getting what you're asking for. Yeah, I know there's like a there's a story in the Bible. It's been a minute since me and the Bible sat down, but I forget exactly the names of the of the characters um but there was there was somebody that was like asking for patience, and God gave him like twelve kids. Right, exactly. So it's like, yep. he was like, "What the fuck, God? Like, <laughs> what did you do to me?" And he's like, "Well, aren't you patient now?" And he was like, "Oh shit, yeah." So I don't make a deal with yep. him. Well, yeah, <laughs> you find you wake up with a bunch of kids running around. <laughs> yeah. So so I I I really appreciate that that point of view. Like my younger entrepreneur lifestyle like leadership style 
was um, very aggressive, and I kind of expected things from people without really communicating yep. and things like that. And then as I, like, you know, failed, at, like, in reality, like, didn't perform the way I wanted or different things, like, ultimately, like, you, like, I, I guess, at least in my case, like, I was forced to kind of just be like, look, like, this is all your fault. You're let, Like, you're the only one still here. Right. And things aren't going well for you, like you have to change. If, if everyone on the highway is driving the wrong direction, it's probably you that's driving the wrong yeah, direction. Yeah, and I, I remember there was like a, a situation where, like, it just, like, I even fired my own brother. We weren't getting along because I was mainly an asshole, and like, he had to, he had to do his own things with life as well. So, like, we kind of just like, I was like, all right, dude, I need to just reset this whole business. And I was finishing a project that was outside in like the coldest January in the last 10 years. And I was just listening to podcasts and I found the Jocko podcast. Yep. And I was literally like do, working outside in the freezing cold, listening to like stories of like a Nepo Napoleonic soldier where they literally like marched into Russia with Napoleon and then Napoleon's like legionnaire forces like came in 10,000 strong, grabbed Napoleon and bounced out and left everybody to die in the cold. Yeah. And I'm literally sitting here. I'm like, well, this isn't so bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I got hooked on that. And then I started listening. And like before that I, w I had brushed with like different leadership coaches and different things. So like I knew there was something I was lacking and I didn't yep. know what it was. And then like when I got, um, I was already training like, um, boxing and judo and different things at that time and then when I got into jujitsu like I bounced around a bunch of different gyms and I've trained at competition gyms where everybody's training full-time for like world competition yep. I've trained at um, like Ricardo Almeida which is like much more casual right. like they follow the Gracie curriculum you just have to do your time and it's it's like really nice to hear your approach to coaching because I, I wish everybody trained jujitsu because like I of the benefit the benefits from like just learning self defense phys fitness like overcoming adversity sure. all of those things but not everybody in that community approaches it that way yeah. a lot of, I've rolled with people and you're just like whoa like I'm going to get fucking hurt right now. Yep. Because, like, even though they're way more advanced than me and I take for granted that they're, like, going to show me something and they have no well, interest in that. There's a difference between tapping someone and smashing someone. There's a yeah. huge difference there. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it all goes back to, like, what the whole theme of the leadership thing is, like, seeing that. You know, I, I always try to think about, like, because I had a lot of times where, and a lot of men in society these days do. Men are just supposed to figure it out. Nobody gives nobody nobody asks men how they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I lived that for a long time. But I started thinking as I was like building this idea of what I wanted this gym to be. It's like imagine that you're someone who is like like we said, extremely anxious, or you're ter you're terrified of social situations or you're incredibly unconfident in your physical abilities or whatever, and you never know. Maybe this person goes back and forth for like four or five months because they really want to get their life better. They really want to do more and be more and be better, a better person for themselves, their loved ones, whatever. And then you're the person they call, and they come in for a trial, 
and you're yelling at them, telling them they're fat, telling them they suck, you beat them up, you send them out of there, and you never contact them again if they don't come back and pay you. Well, all you all you did is just make sure, all you did is just ensure that that person is never putting themselves out there like that ever again. Yeah. You know? It's a huge responsibility that, like, you're taking the best way, you're the best approach. I've had a disagreement in the past with, like, a very high-level jiu-jitsu athlete, and, like, the conversation was very rooted in kind of, like, being like, look, like, you're expecting me at my level to come up and perform at your level, and I'm expecting you to show me how to get to your level. Right. You're just expecting me to be there. I was like, do you do you realize how incredibly ridiculous that is? Right. And they just looked at me like I was the asshole. And I kind of was like, it's very, I, I concluded, I was like, it's like just very unfortunate that you have all this responsibility right. and you're, you're squandering. Yeah, it's a huge thing. And, and I learned that, I learned that part when I was working at a, in the restaurant, when I was the kitchen manager and I was like the best, uh, I was the best grill cook in the company. I was very good on the grill. Uh, not rocket science. It's cooking meat. But I was able to handle high high volume and keep everything organized. Oh yeah, don't discount and, it. Like that restaurant, but, when that restaurant fills up, those yeah, those orders but, are flying through. You know, you get a new guy in, and it's his second week, and he's on the grill, and he's making all these mistakes. And in the very beginning, when I was younger, like you said, a little more aggressive, like you gotta get it to get. Like, what are you? Instead of asking him, like, why are you struggling? Like, what's going on here? Like, do you want to try something? Like, there are other ways to find, and not everyone's good at the same things either. So, like, if you came to me to learn uh, Barambolo, yeah. you're going to be like, what is this dude doing? But <laughs> if, you come, if, if you come in and you see my, my, like, my triangle game is good, my Kimuras are good, my front headlock game is really good, I have, like, a hybrid wrestling jiu-jitsu style. I can do top and bottom, but I prefer top. Um, but it's like, what are, you, what are you looking for? Everyone's not the same, you mm. know? And you can, util- you can recognize people's strengths and sometimes people get hired for a job or they come into a gym thinking that like hey i should do the striking classes and it's your job as the gym owner to be like you would love jujitsu i know you as a i've I've taken the time to get to know you as a person you would love jujitsu or vice versa they're training jujitsu and i'm like it's like you would love striking try striking first you know Mm. The, the line cook who's struggling but never stops talking and everybody loves him. You should be a server, dude. You're a horrible line cook, but everyone loves you. Go be a server. But if you don't take the time to get to know the people, get to know what's important to them, who they are as a person, and they're just an employee or just a, a person paying tuition for you, yeah. then you're never going to make those switches and they're going to feel like I'm failing. Now, sometimes... People just refuse to get better, and you need to hold them accountable as well. But yeah. Jocko talked about that too. You know, like that's why you take ownership. But when patterns start developing, you need to be sitting down and having very direct conversations. Like this is becoming a pattern now. You know, you need to make sure that that communication is there. Like if someone comes in and says, "I want to fight," okay, I had a guy. He came in. He he did one amateur Muay Thai fight. Like. I don't know, 10 years ago or something. And he, he got off track and he said, you know, I really want to get back into it. I'm like, that's cool, man. Come on in. Came in, trained three days the first week. Um, he's like, I, I love it. I can't wait to get back. I've seen him one time since. And I, I reached out to him 
and he, and he came in again, and then it's like I'm gonna reach out to you a certain amount of times, but like if you if you want to do this, you, you have to. It's not my job to drive to your house to put you in the car. To, yeah, you, you know, and and I think that a lot of gyms miss the ball on that too, where it's like, okay, like. I, I ask people when I bring them in, like, what are you looking for? Like, if you're telling me that you want to be uh, whatever, you want to be a black belt in eight years, you want to be a cage fighter, you want to be whatever, then I know that I can coach you in a different way than the guy who really wants to lose some weight and learn how to be better in social situations. Yeah, Like, I'm not going to... I'm not if if this guy's messing up his arm bar, I'm not gonna correct him the same way that I'm talking to this guy who says he wants to be a world champ, but he's skipping every detail and flying through things and I've talked to him nine times, you know? And I think that's a huge importance in coaching as well. Like what are these people looking for? Everyone doesn't wanna be a UFC world champ. Yeah. And that should be okay. And a lot of the people that I talk to they come in, they're like, you know, I just expected this to be different. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, this is like, this is pretty chill. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I want to erase the stigma of what MMA and jujitsu gyms are because I want more people to do it because it's so, it does, it's just like, it's just so beautiful what it can do to your life. Yeah, but that's, like, one of the benefits of me having, like, trained at so many different gyms. When people, like, random people that have never trained ever will be like, oh, dude, like, I want to get at it. Like, I'm going to try. Like, I'm. This is where I was thinking about going. I'm, I, I, I can kind of, like, be like, eh, that, yes, that's not sure. the place for you. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And sometimes they get offended. They're like, what, I can't handle it? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, everybody there is training for war, and you're trying to go to lunch. Right. Like, you want to go to this gym over here. It doesn't mean that they're any less just like you, your ultimate goal is to learn and get better. Right. If you go into a place, like if you were, if you like came to me and said like, you know, I want to be an astronaut, like, well, okay. How many years? Right. Like if you're like, I want to go to the moon next week. It's like, all right, this place is for you. <laughs> exactly. Like enroll here. But it's just kind of like, it, it's how much you want to put into it. Because ultimately like if you, if you've never run a day in your life and you tell me like your first race is a marathon, I'm going to be like, I, I actually did a 50 K. Uh, so I had run one marathon before and then I didn't train for three months. And one day I was like, I want to do a 50 K. So that was last September. Cause I never did it. Yeah. Like, let me see if I, let me push it a little further. I had in, that was September in June, July, and August. I ran 16 miles total. Yeah. And I just was like, I want to do a 50K. And I just went out for six hours and was just, I just was miserable. Yeah, you're and not, I, you, you got to like, it's like running. You want to build up. Yeah, you, you, that's the right way to do it for sure. Yeah. Um, so do you have like, like, so you obviously have a variety of programs at your gym. Yep. Yep. How do you structure like the scheduling and like all that or like the schedule in general? So uh, we do striking first. We do uh, so we have kids three days a week. We do, that's there's going to be a cap on that. I only have one signed up and three on trial right now. It's still like really small, but I, I'm going to be capping that. So I'm only going to take a certain number of kids mm. so that I can know who the kids are, know how they're doing in school. Like I want to be a part of these kids' lives, not just be like you over there, shrimp. 
Like, yeah. I, I want to, I really want to be able to impact people's lives. And if you grow anything to a certain point where you start hiring people from now, now you're watering everything down and it's not going to be the same. And I don't ever want to get to that. Um, but we do, we do the kids three days a week. We do striking and grappling every day. We're open Monday through Saturday. Striking is six to seven, grappling seven fifteen to eight fifteen, and then open roll after that. Mm. Fridays we just do open mat. That's all we do Friday, four, okay. to, four to six. Um, so just roll in on Friday and get smashed. Yeah, <laughs> um, but everybody's welcome, and and we're we're not the type of people that will smash you. Like I'll tap you out. Like I'll tap people out. You know, I I roll with my white belts, blue belts. I, I have two purple belts that train with me, and four blues i think so i'm pretty lucky that like a lot of the guys that i got were training in like i don't know like an hour from home because they just there was nothing around and they saw me and they're like can i come in here and i'm like yeah of course i'm it's, happy to have you there's too, you know? there's like little pockets of jujitsu yep. and like i've met people I know a guy who tra- tra- like travels all the way up from Baltimore to Philly. Yep. I know people that come down from like the Bronx to Philly. Like yep. it's like, and they're all jujitsu is life. Yeah, and but I, like and obviously when you are in an area like Doylestown, you kind of like you want it to be a supplement to your life. Yeah, you're not. You, there's probably not a lot of people that are like I'm going to compete in Worlds this year. Right, coming to you at this point. Yeah, and, and you know what? That's another part of leadership, too. Like, for example, is knowing where your strengths and weaknesses are, mm. right? If somebody came to me and, and let, let's say uh, some high-level brown belt comes in and he's new in the area and he's getting ready for Worlds, and I'm going to say, you should go to this place to work on your Delaheva, your your your, <laughs> your Bolo, your, your all yeah, the guards. you should go yeah. to this place because – I'm doing that person a huge disservice by showing them some blue belt level De La Hiva because that's not part of my game. You have to be self-aware enough to know that this person is paying me. Not only are they paying me, but they're trusting me to help them progress their career. That's a huge responsibility. Yeah. So for my ego to just be like, you can't train anywhere else. I'll show you. No, like go over there and what that ends up doing too, it ends up getting you more loyalty, mm. you know, like it, it's like, it's like the, um, uh, the overprotect, not even overprotective, the controlling boyfriend thing, right? Yeah. Like if you're just telling this woman, she can't go out without you. She can't do this. She can't do this. She, how long do you think she's going to be with you? You're like, not, you're not even allowed to drive. You're creating. Yeah. And, and it shouldn't be like, give that. me your keys. It, it shouldn't be like that in business, you know. And there are some gyms where it's like, hey, if you want to train here, this is what we expect from you. And if you're upfront about that in the beginning, I get that. But there are a lot of places, I feel, where it's like people are – they're looked at as like revenue generators. I know gym owners that don't even know the names of 40% of the people that are walking around on their mats. Yeah. And it's like that's that's not that's not cool to me. Like this is a big – it's a big – commitment to bettering yourself whatever martial art you try to do and whatever um level that you want to do it at and so if you're a a person who is working on your masters or whatever but you want to do jujitsu too i want to know also like hey can i help you with any of the other things that you're doing because if i can help you in life I'm winning too. Yeah, but there's also like 
there if you if you do want to get into like a competition competition setting like coming to you as a beginner is fine because like if you go from like say you go to like a gym that's like everyone there like the lowest belt there is a blue belt and the majority are purple brown and black yeah. and they're training for competition yeah. like they might not cater to the white belt beginner and teach you like the fundamentals the way that like a gym like yours 100 percent. like you're you're teaching like the fundamentals like triangle arm bar like top like bottom even, guard even more fundamental than that like yeah. I, I had a guy in at 6 a.m class this morning and we did break falls for a half an hour <laughs> you yeah. know it was me and him we're gonna you do train break you falls. have a 6 a.m class yeah 6 6 a.m I know you said the times and everything, but it was just uh, like I was trying to hear them well, all. Well, yeah, I don't think I, I, I don't think I got all the way there. I have like very slight ADHD. It's like very slight, but it's it's there. I've never been diagnosed, but I just I'm just saying I, mean, I have I mean, trouble I, paying attention to stuff sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we do we do striking and uh, grappling Monday through Thursday, then. The grappling is just it's just an open mat on Friday. And mm -hmm. then we do MMA and no gi on Saturday mornings. Okay. And then Thursday and Friday mornings we have six AM and seven six AM and seven AM. Which would um, say that again, Thursday and Thursday and Friday. So thir it's probably gonna go down to just six AM. Gilmar. Soon. But uh, it's time. Uh, thir <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thursday is Thursday is boxing at six a.m. and um, what is it? Uh, Friday is seven a.m. Or okay. I'm sorry, Thursday is boxing and Friday is jujitsu. Dude, what are we doing? I want to do boxing. I want to learn the technique. Yeah, I don't really want to. And fight then jujitsu on Friday. Yeah, you don't have to. You yeah. don't have to want to. You know what I mean? But that's the thing too. Like I, I tell people all the time, where it's like. You know, I'm a little bit old school in the way that I look at jujitsu. Jujitsu to me is more of an art than a sport. Uh, I'm I'm pretty disenfranchised with the way some of the sport things go. Um, however, like I love ADCC. I yeah. love that. I like the rule set better. I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's definitely better. Mm. Um, but I believe that like before I'm teaching you how to set up a belly down arm bar from a Kimura grip, I, I, you should probably know, like, don't do this. It, th like, don't pull guard if you're in a parking lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, and, and I just think that, like, it's important to learn, like, how to, util how to use it in self-defense first. Well, ultimately, and like, it is a sport on one hand, but it is, it was originally, like, OG back in the day. It was designed to protect people right, exactly. in war yep in feudal japan and then ultimately came to brazil and south america right. and kind of like transitioned more into a sport yeah and and i i just i think it's important to you know a lot of i know so many schools that have self the word self-defense on their on their window mm -hmm. they hashtag self-defense they do all this stuff they've never taught a self-defense class in their life and no, it's you're like, not going to pull a bolo in a street move because right. you're going to get shot. And I, I, t I tell people in the gym, like, uh, I was training with this this guy. He's, he's a white belt, but he was, like, uh, 230 probably. He's a bigger guy. Mm. And I, I put a trial on, and he picked me up, and I let it go immediately. He's like, oh, I wasn't going to slam it. And I'm like, I don't care. If you pick me up, 
that means you could be slamming me. So I let the triangle go. Yeah. Because I'm not gonna build I I'm not building that in. You're not gonna to like program hold your muscles for dear to life do it. because my partner's a good guy who won't slam me and now all of a sudden I've been doing this for ten years and I don't think I'm gonna get slammed. And guess what happens? I get slammed on the concrete and yeah. now things are really, really bad. So I always start from the beginning of saying like we can definitely teach you the rule set to compete. But first you're gonna learn practical ways how to protect yourself. Mm. Like like Okay, cool. We're teaching you closed guard. The first thing I say when I teach closed guard is you should only be doing closed guard to break posture and control someone from hurting you in the beginning. At some point, you have to start moving to improve your position. Yeah. Like you get these big, strong guys and they wrap their legs around you and then they gable grip around your shoulders and they just squeeze you as hard as they can. And it's like, I'm just going to let you fatigue out. The boat, well, I'm back on the boats again. The boats. Are you a sailor? No, maybe I should be. Maybe in my maybe in my past life. Yeah, as my as like as like I'm identifying as a leader. Like we should probably get you on a boat. Yeah, all right, I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, We got to find someone to sponsor a boat episode. Yeah, come on. But if your boat's filling with water, even if it's one drop at a time, you don't start getting the water out of there. It's going to sink eventually. You can't just lay on the bottom and just hug someone. Yeah, muscles are going to get tired. You're going to get worn out. They're going to start chipping away, and it's going to be very bad. So. I'm a big believer in, like, if you're on bottom, you should be doing something with that immediately. So, like, when I pl- when I play, I'll do, like, if it's a bigger guy, I'll pull guard. Like, I'm not shooting underneath someone who's t- 220 pounds. Mm. I just don't feel like it. You know what I mean? Like, wh- why am I doing this? Like, yeah. so I, I will either try, I'll try to get on top of the head. I love the front headlock. A lot of snap downs and things like that. If I can't, I'll go underneath them. And then I'll work. Can I set up a sub in 30 seconds? No. I got to either sweep or I got to get back to a wrestling up position. I will wrestle up on bigger guys because it's much less risk. I don't have to, like, shoot in. I can just kind of bridge up and get on the leg. Or if if it's a seated guard and I can snag a leg while he's on his back foot, it's easy for me to come up. Um, But it's always, like, to get back up. Like, I don't like... Like, I'm just going to stay on the bottom no matter what. Unless you're specifically trying to develop, like, you're specifically trying to work on something that's different. Well, yeah, you see people, there's, like, this whole, when you watch, like, worlds or, like, different competitions like that on flow grappling, you can tell by the way the the person comes onto the mats what their style is. 100%. They're, like, they come on 100%. real aggressive. They're, like, oh, yeah. It come on real calm. It's like, I know what he's going to do. But, like, there's people that, like, if you come on real calm, he's like, that guy's going to pull guard and literally just, like, wait for you to come to him. Yep. Because, like, if you're in the guard position, like, if your back's on the ground and you're, like, getting your posts up, like, the other person, it's, like, insinuated that they have to attack. And if they don't proceed, they'll get, like, right, which point is incredibly- or, like, like get like flags against them. Yeah, it's so backwards to me. Like, imagine if we were gonna fight, and I didn't want to fight you, and you came towards me, and I shoved you, and you fell on the ground, and like, why? Why would I have to? I, I don't have to go in there. Yeah. Do you have um, that video? It, Did I send you that video of like the guy who like there's a burglar and the guy comes? Oh in yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. "What's up? <laughs> Come yeah, on!" Yeah, yeah. And then he shoots him. <laughs> yeah. 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 
But no, I, I think that, the, I feel like that's problematic. I would be much more into the idea of like, okay, you're a guard player. You're very good from the bottom. You want to pull guard. I, I would be much more, I don't, I don't want to say okay with that because IBJJF doesn't give a shit what I think. But yeah. I, I, would, I would feel much better about it if you lost two points to pull guard. Like, make make their like you have okay you really want to do this you're gonna you have to you have to like make a sacrifice you know what I mean like ADCC will penalize you it's one point um, but you but, shouldn't just be allowed to but, go down and but I also sit down think and... that they should reverse it if you're the one pulling guard then you should already be connected and you should already be attacking it shouldn't be I touch you sit down now. You have to do what I want you to do. And that's some of the problem that I have with, like, some of the competition-only training, especially in jiu-jitsu. MMA jiu-jitsu is much different, obviously. Um, but, like, if Gary Tonin can get knocked out while he's going for a heel hook, anybody can get knocked out while they're going for a heel hook. That changes yeah. everything. But um, I, th- I think that when you go to some of these competition only places, they, they like get upset with you if you're not reacting the way that they want you to, because that's the way that the guy in the competition would react. And I don't believe that's true. Jujitsu. That's true. That's the true sport sport of jujitsu, but that is not the true martial art. And it's like, I've known guys like you're world-class. Like, why are why do you need me to play? A, you don't need me to play a certain game. You're getting frustrated because I'm not giving you the reactions you want for your training. But how do you know that the person that you're going to tr- g- compete against isn't going to do that? And I, I think you see sometimes people they lose like close matches that are stupid because they assume something's going to happen and they just keep waiting for the way they thought that person was going to approach it to mm-hmm. do yeah, it, totally. and then that person never does it, and they win. And it's like, well, that was a lackluster performance mm. you know and it's like okay well but you didn't you were you were waiting for this person to give you the reaction that you wanted but he didn't so mm. you got to make adjustments you know um but yeah i i don't know like some of the ib like like mika galval the the ruotolo brothers like them them kids are they're awesome man they're all action i i like that but i just don't the whole laying down on your back and like wiggling across the floor like a worm that's just weird to me i just don't understand that yeah i mean it's definitely not self-defense because there's guns in the real world it, which we know about there's guns there's people who will kick you that aren't the person you're wriggling towards mm-hmm, there's yeah. there's also like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna walk away like I'm just gonna turn around. Be like you want to fight, and somebody pulls guard. I'm just like, all right, I'll see you later. Yeah, I'm gonna dude, be. I'm, I'm gonna get. A, I'm yeah. gonna get a big gulp. Like, I'll be, you, <laughs> you wait here. Like, like no. yeah, while you're down there. Yeah, I'm good. Like, okay, cool. Charles Oliveira gets dropped by Justin Gagey. Why would you go? Like, do not go to the. Mat. That that's do what I was thinking. Honestly, that's when you started saying that. That's if what you, I started thinking about. And he was like, and Justin's like, let's stand yeah, up, boy. I'm not coming down to you. He's like, get up. If you can't. Get me there. I ain't going there. Like yeah. I'm not a big leg lock guy. My defense is pretty good, because a lot of people got super enamored with leg locks during the when Donaher Death Squad was like yeah. starting to make their rise, and they were leg locking everyone in like ten seconds. Um, I don't almost. I almost never like play leg locks unless somebody is basically like saying like here take this leg lock. It's just not. I, I, it's just not part of like the the style that I like. Um, but like, if you if you can't leg lock me, 
if you can't control my leg, if you can't get, if you can't entangle my leg, then you can't be mad at me for not playing that game. Yeah. It's not. It's like, oh, I'm a leg lock guy. Oh, okay. Here, let me sit down. Here's my leg. Put this. Like, if you can leg lock me, cool. If you can force me to play that game. That's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I don't think that you should be able to tell me that I have to allow you to let – you're not allowed to pull your foot out of there. What do you, what do you mean I'm not allowed to – I don't have to react the way you want me to react. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, and I think that that's a little bit of, like, that's a little bit of the sport influence for sure. Mm. Martial art would never teach you that. So, like, because you're a self-defense, more suited to self-defense style gym – like, do you do, like, women's self-defense and things like so, that as well? Because I know that's, like, people like my wife. Like, my wife has been talking about getting into jiu-jitsu forever. But she's always, like, she hears stories from the gyms. Yep. And she's not interested in coming. So, like, when when I heard about your gym and, you know, we have, like, mutual friend that trains with you yep. sometimes, like, that's a lady. Like, my wife was like, huh. Like maybe I can maybe I can get in there and mix it up. Yeah, and I was so like, it's hard to find gyms that really cater to. Right now, I'm trying to build a women's only program. It's been it's been a little bit of it's been a little tough because there's not a lot of women's only programs, and a lot of women don't want to go to those places because of the stories that they hear or just what they think. You know, my wife, when I met her, we were at a gym in Philly, is where I met her, and she did the women's only jujitsu class, mm. and we had. We ended up leaving the gym, and she went to another gym, and she's like, "I like jujitsu," and she goes to do it, and they put she's 110 pounds or something like that. They put yeah. her, they put her with some 230 pound white belt. She couldn't freaking turn her head to the side for five days. You know, he's like sweating on top of her, and and you know they don't know how to. If you're brand new, you don't know how to control your force and whatever, and she doesn't want to do jujitsu anymore. And I'm like. I'm like, okay, but that's not going to happen at my school. You married me, remember? Do you believe me? Like, I'm mm. not going to crank your neck. <laughs> I'm, your, I'm your husband. If I'm cranking your neck, you probably should just, like, go get another husband. Yeah. Honestly. Um, but anyway, so it's <laughs> That's super, a t-shirt right yeah. there. <laughs> 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 um, but so I really want to have a women's program, and I started it by doing self-defense, but... I was like, all right, if I if I do free self-defense on Saturdays, we can get enough women in here to, like, get it going. But when something's free, people don't take it. They just show up whenever they want. Yeah, they don't ne- take it, it, seriously. it never works. Um, yeah, my wife is, um, she's new. She's not new to the fitness world, but she just got, like, all of her training certifications nice, and all of that nice. stuff. So it would be interesting to see now that she has, like, the time for all of that to yeah. kind of like I would definitely encourage her to at least give it a shot. So so we she all knew some of the basics yeah. and like we've I have like like mats that like um I have like I guess what do you call them like mobile mats kind puzzle of puzzle mats. Mm-hmm. Yeah like not puzzle mats like I have just like two rolls that connect together. Gotcha. I can just throw them in my truck. Yeah. We can train in the woods. Train anywhere nice. Yeah. yeah. Um so like we've done a few like I've shown her a few things but I definitely like it's not my business to like teach her right. that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when you're really close to someone, you don't look at them in that way the same too. Like if if I'm putting my wife through a circuit, she like, she like wants if if let's say I'm holding mitts for my wife because she likes to do the boxing, she'll be like, well, why am I doing this? Well, why she would never 
do that to another coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, why do I have to explain myself? Do you want to do this or not? What are we doing? <laughs> but, um, like, I know people who, like, they're kids. They want their kids to do jiu-jitsu, but their kids don't want to learn from their dad. They want to learn from this cool guy over here. That's a very normal thing. Do you know um, who Brendan Schaub is? Yeah. Yeah, he was telling a story about his son, like his older son. Um, I forget what his name is. Tiger. Tiger. Yeah. yeah. He of was telling, he was telling him how, like, he t- he's in jujitsu now and he has to get 10 takedowns every class or he doesn't get ice cream that night and they take him to get ice cream but it'll be like he'll like explain things to his kid or like try and show his kid stuff and he's like well you don't know what you're talking about he's like but but like yeah i i did this for a living i was a professional yeah. fighter <laughs> shut the fuck up yeah. like i will yeah. choke your coach yeah. out yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, i was like i thought that was funny because like this little six-year-old kid's like nah you don't know what you're talking about dad yeah he's like yeah. You kidding me so we are trying to make the the we are I'm trying to make a more comfortable entry for women. Yeah. Um so we started doing boot camp for women. Um we're doing it Thursday and Friday right now. We did it uh these past two days. We just had a couple. But to get them in to show them that this gym is not only like coming to get, you know, f- fat, sweaty dudes either hitting on you or sweating on you or roughing you up. Because it's tough to be a woman around certain groups of men you know what yeah. i mean like not all men like that's a, a whole other topic of like the masculinity versus toxic masculinity thing it's if it's toxic masculinity then that's not a masculine man yeah that's my stance on it like a masculine man wouldn't fucking treat, treat you like that no a real man wouldn't treat you like that but anyway i'm trying to get it so like what can i do to get them in so they can see the place and say, okay, well, this place is clean. Uh, they put care into it. They got he, they can meet me and see that I'm not a creep. And then they can see be around other women that they'll meet. And then maybe, you know, in another it's month or so. Like bring women in. Get them here and then start saying like, hey, ladies, you want to do a self-defense class? And then maybe like six weeks after I have a small pocket of like five women or six women that come in, I can just say, like, let's start doing it once a month. And then as it grows, we can increase the the timing. And then, obviously, I have to write a curriculum for it. But, um, but yeah, that's how, like, I really want to do it, and I want it to be something that's sustainable and real. So yeah. it's like when you want that, you have to be okay with it growing slower than you might want it to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely think that's going to be something that takes a little time to build. Like, you kind of, like, you have to build it and they will come. Yep. That's, like, one woman at a time. Like, yep. it's going to be hard to... Yeah, and, and yeah. I've been dealing with that with the kids program. Like, I was ready to just be like, I'm only doing kids 13 and up. Because I have a bunch of them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but I don't have any little kids. And I'm like, I was getting to a point where I'm like, I'm just, I'm just scrapping it. I got one kid who's been coming in since the first day. And I'm like, I'm running out of things that I can make him do to a dummy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what's he going to do? He's 50 pounds. What, how, I mean, we can drill, but it's still not even realistic. Yeah. I'm three times, four times his size. It's just like, so right when I'm about to, I'm like, Yeah, no, but if you, like, didn't on. take it easy on him, could you imagine how good he would eventually I know, get? I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. I feel like or, just like a 13-year-old just taking I'd, out full-grown men. Or, I, or I'd be in jail because his mom would sue me and have me arrested for beating up her seven-year-old son. Hey, what doesn't kill you makes yeah, you stronger, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, listen, you know, like, 
we don't we don't smash our seven year olds, but we do tap them out when they make mistakes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. dude, you're a thirty eight year old man. What are you doing? Bring in your seven year old. Let yeah. me choke him out. Yeah, <laughs> sink or swim, kid. It's like, <laughs> yeah, right. What the fuck, <laughs> dude? That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like we could talk for hours. Oh yeah, and, and then def- definitely, we definitely should go in and check it out, Gilmar. Yeah, I'm down, dude. Just shoot me a text, and, and you guys can um. Uh, we have an app. It's called the Fight for Tomorrow. You just download the app. Look at that. You download. You download the app. It's free. When you want to. When you want to start booking in, just hit trial. Yeah. It'll activate a trial. It'll let you book into classes. You don't even need to tell me you're coming. Just book in. It's got the waiver right on the app. You just eat, oh, sign shit. the waiver, and you're good to go. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I love that you have morning some morning classes. That's that's and, awesome. That's and a the big morning thing. the morning class was a thing where it's like build it and they will come. You know, like I had this guy. He called me. And he's like, do you do anything early morning? That's the only time I could train, and I really want to train. And I'm like, I really don't want to do it. You know, like yesterday, I was at the gym at 5. I got home at 11.30, and I was back in the gym at 5 today. But, like, that's what it is. That's work. Grind. Get it. (laughs) Do the work. You know what I mean? You want it to build. You want to have a nice garden. You got to get dirt on your hands. Mm. It's the way it goes. Dude, Um, we've been killing it today with, like, the analogies. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a a big analogy guy. It's it's a big part of my coaching style, too, because I like to try to make sure that you're understanding what I'm saying and the way that I'm trying to get it to you because everyone learns differently, right? So Mm. analogies are a good way to connect to people in a way that, like, maybe me just telling you the technical terms of the move, it's not going to make it click for you. And if I can make it click for you in the way that you understand it, then you're going to get better faster, and that's a win for everybody. You know what I mean? That's um, awesome. But, yeah, the morning class thing was was like that. I, I like, didn't want to do it, but I'm like, well, this guy's interested. I need members. I'm not covering the bills yet. I need to grow it at at least to that level. I don't want to have it, like this exponential growth explosion where we're – I don't want that. But I don't want to go, you know. You sustainable I, I, I want, growth. I want to pay my you bills. You yeah. want to bring members exactly. in and have them stay, exactly. not come right. in and leave. Yes. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I'll do it. Let's do it. And the first day, three people, three people showed up. It was the one guy and two guys who were already signed up, and they're like, "This is awesome that you're doing it." And I immediately was like, "All right, it's worth some effort then." Yeah. So this week it was just me and him, but you know, you get one person here, you get one person here, you get one person here. It adds up. Yeah. It all. It all adds up eventually, you know, and the goal is just making sure that people are they're they're getting value. They feel comfortable. They feel respected and appreciated and they'll stay. People aren't that complicated. Hmm. You know, it's hard to do the right thing sometimes. And I think that we that goes back to ownership. Like people make excuses without even knowing their excuses. Like there's a very fine line between excuses and reasons these days, you know, like. Oh, I couldn't make it, man. I got swamped at work. And it's like. But did you? But yeah. You spent an hour at lunchtime on Instagram. Exactly. Exactly. Or. You know what I'm saying? You have a project that you could get to tomorrow, but you didn't. You know, like ultimately, whatever you're doing is your priority. Like I tell people that all the time because you you hear all the time, like, multiple priorities. You can't have multiple priorities. That's literally not possible. You can only have one. You can have priority number one, number two, number three, but you can only have one priority at a time. Like every choice you make, you're choosing no to every other choice. Like us three being here right now, it's pretty obvious what the priority was at this time today, right now, is to record this podcast. Yeah. And 
when you can get in a habit of saying like, if you can say to yourself, that's not my priority right now and you feel okay with it, then make the decision and don't go. Yeah. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at like telling people straight up, be like, that's, I'm not dealing with that right now. And it's amazing how offended people will get when like they can't get me to turn what I'm doing to like focus on their problem right the second like people will come up to me and they'll be like, well, blah, 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 blah. And I'll be like, look, look, that I, I need to get whatever I'm doing right now. Like, that's what I need to do. And we'll get to that tomorrow. Yeah. But it's just like if you're, I, you know, if you're always chasing to put out the fire, it's yes. not, you're never going to put you're any of the fires effect- out. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to be effective. You're going to be running around. You're going to be burnt out. You're going to be miserable. And it's like, you have to be able to pick what, your attention goes to. And I I just think it's a really good exercise for people to say like, you know what? That's not really my priority right now. Cause you're setting, you're setting boundaries without even being aware of the fact that you're setting boundaries and people might not, might not like it at first, but they're going to respect you in a different way because you're actually always being honest with them. Even if, even if like, let's say I had to cancel today, right? Mm -hmm. Because my wife was mad at me and she wanted me to come home. Okay, yeah. I'd come check. I could you say out like morning. I, <laughs> I could say like, hey, dude, I'm really sorry. You know, my my wife, she's giving me a hard time. Da da da. But ultimately, that means that I prioritized her complaining at me than over the commitment that I made to you. Yeah, and that means that I'm not setting boundaries with her either. So it's it's healthy for relationships for me to just be like, look. I know I haven't seen you much this week, and I'm sorry, but I already made a commitment to this. I'm doing it. Like, when I make a commitment, I'm committed. If I'm not ready to honor the commitment that I made, I say no. But everybody wants, there's so many people pleasers these days. Everybody wants everyone to like them. And that's where a huge part of the problem that we face collectively is, is like everybody wants to be liked all the time. And I would much rather be respected by people who don't like me than liked by people who don't respect me. You could you could say lethal rather than liked. There you go. In jiu-jitsu. You could make another sticker or a t-shirt. Yeah, another go. t-shirt. Yeah, just get the printer out, dude. <laughs> I'm writing these <laughs> down, bro. <laughs> um, so how can people find you? Like, what's the best way? Is Instagram, like, the, the spot right now? Yeah, so I have a Facebook, but I despise Facebook. Yeah. Um. It, I didn't have a Facebook page for like the last 10 or 12 years and it's so different. I can't even figure out how to use it. I just, it's not intuitive to me. I just don't like it. There's too many things on Facebook. It's too much. It's complete overload. I'm like, how do I just go back to the, where I was before? There's like, it's like, do you want to flag this conversation with this person as a potential? It's like, this is too much. This is too much. So I do mostly Instagram. Um, and obviously like, email and all that other good stuff. Our website's down at the bottom. It's the fight for tomorrow.com. But you've been, um, you've been really responsive to us through Instagram. So that, yeah, it's, nice. yeah. Instagram's my, I guess one of my main ways of, uh, communicating to people who like maybe aren't members already. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Dude, maybe we'll bring some cameras with us. Get Gilmar on the ones and twos. That's how. Yeah, anytime. I think so. Yeah, I'd love that. Download the app. I'll see you guys in there. I'll be there. No, I've definitely, I've been 
talking. I was getting ready to move up this way. It's just taking longer than what was expected, but your your gym is definitely probably the the convenient choice. Well, I mean, we would love and that. Now having, and now having and having met you now, it definitely sounds like I would, you know, really yeah. enjoy training there. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's that's a nice thing about this too, right? It's like a little vibe check like if you're going to move up here, if you come in here and we're like standoffish and everything's awkward and it's weird. It's like, eh, I'm probably not going to go to that place. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm just probably just going to not go there. Yeah. But maybe if you show up, Silas will show up. <laughs> oh, that's how we're going to close it out. Nice. <laughs> Get that guy out on the mats. He, let's go, uh, Silas. Come on, bro. Yeah, let's see some I'll heel buy, hooks. Silas, I will buy you tacos if you come to Nogi next Tuesday. I will uh, buy you tacos. And what time is and Nogi tequila. next Tuesday? Uh, Nogi is 7.15. 7.15 p.m. We got to... This episode, it might be the following Tuesday. Yeah. We'll see him. Later. Tuesday, Tuesday Nogi is pretty good usually. That's like yeah. our good night right now. We're just starting out, so it's like Mondays and Tuesdays are good. Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays are like, eh, they're okay. But Monday and Tuesday is good. Ah. Well, um, we really enjoyed having Evan on the show. If you enjoyed listening to this, pay the fee. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, subscribe to us on Spotify. We're also on Apple yeah, Podcasts. Everything, everything. All the a- all the apps that you can get podcasts yeah. on, we're on. We're thorough like that. Yeah. And um, maybe check out Evan's podcast while you're at it. They've been going at it for a little bit yeah. longer than it, we have. So it's funny, man. We got so, so I, we just published our 107th episode today. Yeah, and. I, I, like, can't even listen to, like, the first 10. They're just so... Oh, Sam, like, don't even sounds, go back and listen. We've deleted some of our... The all over the place, and I'm just like, oh, my God. But... No, all right, go it, listen to cool. episode 107, yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's cool, though, because you can see the growth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can see the growth in, like, how we speak with each other, too, because we would be... We would get excited and start cutting each other off, and, you know, like... Yeah. And now it's... You can see the growth. It's cool. And that's it's always nice. I'll never get rid of those old episodes because you can always go back and be like, wow. And I I was feeling really bad about it one day. And so I went on YouTube and looked up Joe Rogan's first episode. And I was like, okay, I don't feel <laughs> yeah. bad anymore. That, yeah. shit, that shit yeah. was horrible. Yeah, was. I was like, okay, all right. If that's what Joe Rogan's first episode looked like, I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> He's in thousands, so yeah. I guess we got a little way to go. But uh, go find Evan. Visit his website, thefightfortomorrow.com. He's doing great things. He's got a ton of classes and different things to check out, um, as he's told us about. So thanks for listening or watching, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.